Section 16 of The Myths of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kay Shimkin. The Myths of the New World by Daniel Britton. Chapter 6, Part 1. Chapter 6. The Supreme Gods of the Red Race. Analysis of American Culture Myths. The Manibozo or Machabo of the Algonquins, shown to be an impersonation of light, a hero of the dawn, and their highest deity. The myths of Ayosheka of the Iroquois, Viracocha of the Peruvians, and Quetzalcoatl of the Toltecs, essentially the same as that of Machabo. Other examples. Anti-Columbian prophecies of the advent of a white race from the East as conquerors. Rise of later culture myths under similar forms. The philosopher Machiavelli, commenting on the books of Livy, lays it down as a general truth that every form and reform has been brought about by a single individual. Since a remorseless criticism has shown so many heroes in their laurels, our faith in the maxim of the great Florentine wavers, and the suspicion is created that the popular fancy which personifies under one figure every social revolution is an illusion. It springs from that tendency to hero worship, ineradicable in the heart of the race, which leads every nation to have an ideal, the imagined author of its prosperity, the father of his country, and the focus of its legend. As has been hinted, history is not friendly to their renown, and dissipates them altogether into phantoms of the brain, or sadly dins the luster of their fame. Arthur, bright star of chivalry, dwindles into a Welsh subaltern. The Sid Campiador, defender of the faith, sells his sword as often to Muslim as to Christian, and sells it ever, while Siegfried and Feridun vanish into nothing. As elsewhere the world over, so in America many tribes had to tell of such a personage, some such august character, who taught them what they knew, the tillage of the soil, the properties of plants, the art of picture writing, the secrets of magic, who founded their institutions and established their religions, who governed them long with glory abroad and peace at home, and finally did not die, but like Frederick Barbarossa, Charlemagne, King Arthur, and all great heroes, vanished mysteriously and still lived somewhere ready at the right moment to return to his beloved people and lead them to victory and happiness. Such to the Algonquins was Machabo or Manigloso, to the Iroquois Ayosheka, Wazi to the Cherokees, Tamwai to the Caribs. So the Mayas had Zamna, the Toltecs Quetzalcoatl, the Moiscas named Kiteba. Such among the Aymaras was Viracocha, among the Mandans Numak Makena, and among the natives of the Orinoco Amalivaca and the catalog could be extended indefinitely. It is not always easy to pronounce upon these heroes, whether they belong to history or mythology, their nation's poetry or its prose. In arriving at a conclusion, we must remember that a fiction built on an idea is infinitely more tenacious of life than a story founded on fact. Further, that if a striking similarity in the legends of two such heroes be discovered under circumstances which forbid the thought that one was derived from the other, then both are probably mythical. If this is the case in not two, but in half a dozen instances, then the probability amounts to a certainty, and the only remaining task is to explain such narratives on consistent mythological principles. If after sifting out all foreign and later traits, it appears that when first known to Europeans, these heroes were assigned all the attributes of highest divinity, were the imagined creators and rulers of the world, and mightiest of spiritual powers, then their position must be set far higher than that of deified man. They must be accepted as the supreme gods of the red race. The analogues in the western continent of Jupiter, Osiris, and Odin in the eastern, 
whatever opinions contrary to this may have been advanced by writers and travelers must be set down to the account of that prevailing ignorance of american mythology which has fathered so many other blunders to solve these knotty points i shall choose for analysis the culture myths of the algonquins the iroquois the toltecs of mexico and the Aymaras or peruvians guided in my choice by the fact that these four families are the best known and in many points of view the most important on the continent from the remotest wilds of the northwest to the coast of the Atlantic, from the southern boundaries of Carolina to the cheerless swamps of Hudson's Bay, the Algonquins were never tired of gathering around the winter fire and repeating the story of Mani Bozo, or Machabo, the Great Hare. With entire unanimity, their various branches, the Powhatans of Virginia, the Lenape Lenape of the Delaware, the warlike hordes of New England, the Ottawas of the far north, and the western tribes, perhaps without exception, spoke of this, quote, chimerical beast, end quote, as one of the old missionaries calls it, as their common ancestor. The totem, or clan, which bore his name, was looked up to with peculiar respect. In many of the tales which the whites have preserved of Machabo, he seems half a wizard, half a simpleton. He is full of pranks and wiles, but often at a loss for a meal of victuals, ever itching to try his art's magic on great beasts, and often meeting ludicrous failures therein. Envious of the power of others, and constantly striving to outdo them in what they do best. In short, little more than a malicious buffoon, delighting in practical jokes, and abusing his superhuman powers for selfish and ignoble ends. But this is a low, modern, and corrupt version of the character of Michabo, bearing no more resemblance to his real and ancient one than the language and acts of our Savior and the Apostles in the chorus mystery plays on the Middle Ages due to those recorded by the evangelist. What he really was, we must seek in the accounts of older travelers, in the invocations of the Jossakids or prophets, and in the part assigned to him in the solemn mysteries of religion. In these we find him portrayed as the patron and founder of the Meta worship, the inventor of picture writing, the father and guardian of their nation, the ruler of the winds, even the maker and preserver of the world and creator of the sun and moon. From a grain of sand, brought from the bottom of the primal ocean, he fashioned a habitable land and set it floating on waters, till it grew to such a size that a strong young wolf running constantly died of old age ere he reached its limits. Under the name Michabo Ovisakechak, the great hare who created the earth, he was originally the highest divinity recognized by them, quote, powerful and beneficent beyond all others, maker of the heavens and the world, unquote. He was the founder of the medicine hunt, in which, after appropriate ceremonies and incantations, the Indian sleeps, and Machabo appears to him in a dream, and tells him where he may readily kill game. He himself was a mighty hunter of old. One of his footsteps measured eight leagues. The great lakes were the beaver dams he built, and when the cataracts impeded his progress, he tore them away with his hands. Attentively watching the spider spread its web to trap unwary flies, he devised the art of knitting nets to catch fish and the signs and charms he tested and handed down to his descendants of marvelous efficacy in the chase. In the autumn, in the, quote, the moon of the falling leaf, unquote, ere he composes himself to the winter's sleep, he fills his great pipe and takes a godlike smoke. The balmy clouds float over the hills and woodlands, filling the air with the haze of the, quote, Indian summer, unquote. Sometimes he was said to dwell in the skies with his brother the snow, or, like many great spirits, to have built his wigwam in the far north, on some floor of ice in the Arctic Ocean.
one of the Chaipues localized his birthplace and former home to the island Michilimanakik at the outlet of Lake Superior. But in the oldest accounts of his missionaries, he was alleged to reside toward the east, and in the holy formulae of the Maida craft, when the winds are invoked to the medicine lodge, the east is summoned to his name. The door opens in that direction, and there, at the edge of the earth where the sun rises, on the shore of the infinite ocean that surrounds the land, he has his house, and sends the luminaries forth on their daily journeys. It is passing strange that such an insignificant creature as the rabbit should have received this hypothesis. No explanation of it in the least satisfactory has ever been offered. Some have pointed out that, as a senseless, meaningless brute worship, it leads to the suspicion that there may lurk here one of those confusions of words which have so often led to the confusion of ideas in mythology. Mani Bozo, Nani Boju, Misibitsi, Michabo, Mesu, all variations of the same name in different dialects, rendered according to different orthographies, scrutinize them closely, as we may. They all seem compounded according to well-ascertained laws of Algonquin euphony, from the words corresponding to great and hare, or rabbit, or the first two perhaps from spirit and hare, Michi, great, huevos, hair, maniti huevos, spirit hair, typhoid dialect. And so they have invariably been translated, even by the Indians themselves. But looking more narrowly at the second member of the word, it is clearly capable of another and very different interpretation, of an interpretation which discloses at once the origin and the secret meaning of the whole story of Michabo, in the light of which it appears no longer that incoherent fable of savages, but a true myth, instinct with nature, pregnant with matter, no wise inferior to those which fascinate in the chant of the Rig Veda, or the weird pages of the Edda. On a previous page, I have emphasized with what might have seemed superfluous force, how prominent in primitive mythology is the East, the source of the morning, the day spring on high, the cardinal point which determines and controls all others. But I did not lay as much stress on it as others have. Quote, the whole theogony and philosophy of the ancient world, end quote, says Max Muller, quote, centered in the dawn, the mother of the bright gods, of the sun in his various aspects, of the morn, the day, the spring, herself the brilliant image and visage of immortality, end quote. Now it appears, on attentively examining the Algonquin root, wab, that it gives rise to words of very diverse meaning, that like many others in all languages, while presenting but one form, it represents ideas of wholly unlike origin and application, that in fact there are two distinct roots having this sound. One is the initial syllable of the word translated to hare or rabbit, but the other means white, and from it is derived the words for the east, the dawn, the light, the day, and the morning. Beyond a doubt, this is the component in the names Michabo and Manibozo, which therefore mean the great light the spirit of light, of the dawn, or the east, and in the literal sense of the word, the great white one, as indeed he has sometimes been called. In this sense, all the ancient and authentic myths concerning him are plain and full of meaning. They divide themselves into two distinct cycles. In the one, Michabo is the spirit of light who dispels the darkness. In the other, as chief of the cardinal points, he is lord of the winds, Prince of the powers of the air, whose voice is the thunder, whose weapon the lightning. 
the supreme figure in the encounter of the air currents, in the unending conflict which the Dakotas described as waged by the waters and the winds. In the first, he is grandson of the moon, his father is the west wind, and his mother, a maiden, dies in giving him birth at the moment of conception. For the moon is the goddess of the night, the dawn is her daughter, who brings forth the morning and perishes herself in the act, and the west, the spirit of darkness as the east is of light, proceeds, and as it were begets the latter as the evening does the morning. Straightway, however, continues the legend that the sun sought the unnatural father to revenge the death of his mother, and then commenced a long and desperate struggle. Quote, it began on the mountains. The west was forced to give ground. Manibozo drove him across rivers and over mountains and lakes, and at last he came to the brink of this world. Hold, cried he, my son, you know my power, and that it is impossible to kill me. End quote. What is this but the diurnal combat of light and darkness carried on from that time the, quote, jocund morn stands tiptoe on the misty mountain tops, end quote, across the white world to the sunset, the struggle that knows no end, for both the opponents are immortal. In the second, and evidently to the native mind more important cycle of legends, he was represented as one of four brothers, the north, the south, the east, and the west, all born at a birth, whose mother died in ushering them into the world. For hardly has the kingly orient served to fix the cardinal points than it is lost and dies in the advancing day. Yet it is clear that he was something more than a personification of the east, or the east wind, for it is repeatedly said that it was he who assigned their duties to all the winds, to that of the east as well as to the others. This is a blending of his two characters. Here, too, his life is a battle, no longer with his father indeed, but with his brother, Chakikkanakabok, the flintstone, who he broke into pieces and scattered over the land and changed his entrails into fruitful vines. The conflict was long and terrible. The face of nature was desolated as by a tornado, and the gigantic boulders and loose rocks found on the prairies are the missiles hurled by the mighty combatants or else his foe was the glittering prince of serpents, whose abode was the lake, or was it the shining Manito, whose home was guarded by fiery serpents in the deep sea, or was the great king of fishes, all symbols of the atmospheric waters, all figurative descriptions of the wars of the elements. In these affrays the thunder and lightning are at his command, and with them he destroys his enemies. For this reason, the Chaipue pictography represents him brandishing a rattlesnake, the symbol of the electric flash, and sometimes they called him the northwest wind, which in the region they inhabit usually brings the thunderstorms. As ruler of the winds, he was, like Quetzalcoatl, father and protector of all species of birds, their symbols. He was patron of hunters, for their course is guided by the cardinal points. Therefore, when the medicine hunt had been successful, the prescribed sign of gratitude to him was to scatter a handful of the animal's blood toward each of these. As daylight brings vision, and to see is to know, it was no fable that gave him as the author of their arts, their wisdom, and their institutions. In effect, his story is a worldwide truth, veiled under a thin garb of fancy. It is but a variation of that narrative which every race has to tell, out of gratitude to that beneficent father who everywhere has cared for his children. Michabo, giver of life and light, creator and preserver, 
is no apotheosis of a prudent chieftain, still less the fabrication of an idle fancy or a designing priestcraft, but in origin, deeds, and name, the not unworthy personification of the purest conceptions they possessed concerning the Father of all. To him at early dawn, the Indian stretched forth his hands in prayer, and to the sky or the sun as his homes, he first pointed the pipe in his ceremonies, rites often misinterpreted by travelers as indicative of sun worship. As latter observers tell us to this day, the Algonquin prophet builds the medicine lodge to face the sunrise, and in the name of Michabo, who there has his home, summons the spirits of the four quarters of the world, and Gizigok, the day-maker, to come to his fire and disclose the hidden things of the distant and the future. So the earliest explorers relate that when they asked the narrative priest who it was they invoked, what demons or familiars, the invariable reply was, quote, the Kichigoi, the genie of light, those who make the day. End, quote. End of section 6, part 1. Recording by K. Shimkin.